that he'd been wrong. There had been something more they could do to him. One final torment the world had reserved just for Kaladin. And it was called Bridge Four. Heroes of presents Storm Pod, a rereading of the Stormlight Archive. Book One, The Way of Kings, Chapters 5 and 6. before we start the episode. Um, We will be talking about chapters 5 and 6 of The Way of Kings. If you have not read that yet, I would suggest going back and reading it before you listen to this episode. Um, No fear that we will not be covering anything past 5 and 6 this episode. Um, So you don't have to live in fear of being spoiled for the other stuff. Um, Anyways, enjoy. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q. And with me, as always, my co-host, who not only can he sing the refrain from Lilting a Dream, he can sing the whole damn song. It's Jack. <laughs> How's it going? Greetings. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Um, we have been trying to get this done a couple day for a couple days now, and we finally get to sit down together. It's not a coffee chat like we've been doing lately, but uh, it is more of an evening. I'm going to miss the coffee. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe when do we do evening ones? Maybe we should be drinking a glass of wine or something. Maybe next time oh, we'll, we'll set that up. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Sipping on a little bit of of an Eiley, a scotch yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can get behind that. Yeah. I um. So things have been good lately. Things have been uh, things have been okay. Yeah. You know. Um, are you enjoying right? these? Um, are you enjoying these uh, nice, uh, nice nights of sleep with the cool air and stuff? Yes, uh, the house. Our our house is a little bit on the warm side, though, at night. Oh, okay. So uh, we're not enjoying so much of the cool at night. However, I'm pretty excited for the winter. Mm. Looks like it's going to be snug as a bug up there. Yeah. We, um, my wife likes to keep the windows open at night. So it's been a nice breeze over here. And so it's like, you know, cool enough outside that like you have this really nice, like cool air going in. It was such a nice sleep the last couple of nights. But truthfully, my favorite time of sleep is in the wintertime when I get to sleep with my nice duvet. That is, <laughs> that is awesome. The, du- the duvet. Uh, yeah. It was quite, quite a contentious, uh, topic of conversation in my household because uh oh really yeah so it's 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 duvet uh with a with a cover for the duvet versus right you have to have the cover with the duvet you can't well you yeah you're gonna ruin the duvet you have to have the cover yeah you've got to have the cover but it's two pieces you got to wash them separately blah 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 you know this sort of thing versus just having a comforter that has one pattern you're all in. It, when it's wrecked, you throw it out. You buy a new one. Yeah, I don't know. What what slide are you on the the, the duvet versus comforter debate? I I'm on. I think I'm into the. I I like less math. 
<laughs> so, so because I like less, less math, um, I'm into, I'm into the comforter. I'm into like deciding on a pattern and then having the comforter. It's just, it's one thing. I don't have to wash it separately. I don't have to worry about, you know, uh, having multiple, you know, covers to put on it. And honestly, you know, sleeving the darn things, pain, yeah. pain, painful. How did I know that this so is all going to come down to math with you? It's math. It's math. I mean, it's simple. It's literally, it's, it's literally like one plus one, though. It's like the simplest math. It's like one well, duvet it's, plus it's, one cover. That's all it is. It's one louder, you see. It's one. <laughs> it's, it's plus one, one more ex- than you want. Yeah. One extra. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So let's talk about the book. Uh, I think we're uh, we're ranting a little bit too much about uh, about bedware here. So let's let's yes, talk about the book. Part one, chapter five. Yes. Um, so give me your uh, give me your initial thoughts on uh, on these two chapters. What did you? I I know that I, I know that you like it when you text me, dude. Like we've talked about this before on the on the show. But like, dude is like the new rating. I, like, how many dudes like out of five dudes did you? Uh, this, did you think these two chapters? Well, chapter so chapter five was a big dude in terms of again, it's about holding the cards, you know. Brandon, Mr. Sanderson is just great. He's got all the cards and he just, you know, doesn't want to give you everything up front. He, he, he's, he's very happy to get you through to the end of the chapter before putting down the ACE. And I love that about his writing. Um, So in, in heretic, I thought it was more like a, uh, like a chapter that was establishing um this new character so mm-hmm. yasna right and and also expanding a little bit on on shalon mm-hmm. so it was it was really really great to you know uh, meet yasna and you know get to know a little bit about what she's like and she's yeah. pretty she's pretty she's a pretty tough gal pretty tough yeah, she, pre- yeah she is isn't she mm-hmm and Shalon, uh, I like how one of my well, we'll we'll get to probably my my small highlight. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, let's uh, of this chapter in a minute. But uh, well, we're kind of sort of doing a recap of the uh, the chapter right now, so let's just do that. So Shalon okay. um, and us too. We like you said, we meet Yasna Kolin. Um, mm-hmm. We've uh, we've heard we've heard the name before because Shalon yes. talked about her in the last chapter, the the last Shalon chapter. But we also heard her name before too in the prologue. When Zeth came to kill the king, he wondered mm-hmm. where two characters were. He wondered That's where right. Dalinar Kolin was, and he wondered where the uh, king's daughter Yasna Kolin was. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we finally get to meet her, and she's pretty, pretty fantastic. I think mm-hmm. um, beautiful. Uh, Mid thirties, unmarried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sounds and, good. Uh, but just like also like force of will and um, brilliant and like all these different things. Um, Shalon uh, interviews for the scholarship board. Um, exactly mm. while Yasna is also doing a favor for the king of Carbranth with her soul caster. 
So we we get you know the you know two chapters ago in the last Shalon chapter we hear the name Soulcaster. Then in the yes. next chapter in Kaladin's ca- uh, chapter we um, find a little bit more about the Soulcaster, but not too too much. Just kind of a, a brief like what maybe it could do. And then now we get to really see it in uh, in action. Uh, uh, you know, two chapters later. So it's kind of neat how he's putting this little puzzle together. So is it uh, well so. Just to start off, I, I like I like how Shalon uh, thought Yasna was going to be like a like a an ugly spinster, right? Right. And then, it, and then it turns out she she sees this beautiful this beautiful woman with you know violet uh, violet eyes and yeah. It turns out that uh, that nerds are hot, I guess. <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, we get to know the the royal colors of the Arborinthian, um I guess there would be the Royal Guard. Yep. Which are orange and white, which I've dubbed the creamsicles. Ooh. Um, the Carbranthian creamsicles. That's great. The, car, the Carbranthian creamsicles. They sound very delicious. <laughs> they are so good, especially in this hot mm. weather. Um, <laughs> Yasna, yeah, I mean, this. this so is it a Fabriel or Fabriel? I, I think it's Fabriel. Fabriel. Okay, yeah. well, it is fabulous. Yeah, so that um, that, that name uh, seems to indicate that um, the Soulcaster is one of a Fabriel. Like, it's Fabriel is the kind of thing it is, meaning that there might be other types of Fabrials other than Soulcasters. Okay, I didn't quite uh, quite get that connection, but um, cool. But like. But but this is an item. This is an item that that a soul caster uh, wears in order to perform this type of um, stormlight magic. Well, the um, uh, the device itself is called a soul caster. It's it's synonymous, yeah. Right. Or it's or it's in it's interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one of the things about uh, before we get into too deep into the soulcaster thing, um, one of the things about Yasna that I, I, I um, really like is, or mm-hmm. maybe don't understand, is that um, she's a heretic. Plainly, mm-hmm. she's a heretic, but she still keeps her safe hand covered. Um, well, she also appears to be a bit of a diplomat too, so mm-hmm. maybe she's just playing playing it uh, like culturally cool. fashionable or something. Yeah, perhaps. I don't know. I, that's uh, that's interesting. What 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 I thought was just so great is that when she first uh, first meets Shalon, and mm-hmm. she's like, "Wow, you know, I'm surprised you you're actually here because you've been hunting hunting me down for the past right. six months." Most right. candidates who are going for the for the wardship would have given up by now, mm-hmm. and and then um, Yasna just basically uh anticipates shalon to just leave yeah like i I, i'm not really that serious about you being the ward after all i I just kind of want to see if you know who's going to show up and now that you're here now i I don't really think i can use you Mm -hmm. and and and, and shalon is just so surprised by that like um, and she and and she won't let it go she spent six months chasing her right so i i think i think that's the thing uh the the tenacity of Shalon is a bit duplicitous mm-hmm. because as as a reader you 
you're, you're reading Shalon and you're thinking, okay, well, she's tenacious. She, she's obviously not taking no for an answer, but you don't really find out why she's not taking no for an answer until the end of the chapter. Right, which is exactly how it's supposed to be, right? That's yeah. why every, it's almost like every end of chapter is just like this like bomb drop and then you want to get back to that part of the story, but then he wedges yeah. in another chapter with someone else and then you're like, yeah. oh, you got to wait again. Hmm. So of course that can we speak about that? So that that end of the of the chapter reveal is that you you go through this chapter, you meet these two women, they have an exchange mm-hmm. of words, so it's which gets kind of heated. And then at one point, Yasna is um sort of confronted, I suppose, with the situation of being put well, I guess being put in the in the situation of being needed to save the the king's so this would be King Taravangian, um, yep. the, the king of uh, Carbrand, saving his granddaughter from a collapse that's happened. Um, right. And the collapse was a, a giant piece of, was it a rock or boulder? Came, yeah, it's like some came, part of the ceiling fell down mm. and because the um, because the palace is built into the mountainside. Um, I think Taravangian says, like, you know, it's all well and good. But when you build this kind of thing into the mountainside and the mountainside cracks, <laughs> it's mm. a huge boulder. Right. Actually, let's let's go through how we got there first. So on the okay. way to um, this like cave in where the granddaughter is trapped. Um, uh, Yasna thinks it's an appropriate time to uh, quiz Shalon on what she knows. Oh, how, yes. how worthy are you of being my ward? <laughs> what a, and 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 what an interview! I mean, right. it must have taken must have taken um, Shalon a great deal of restraint um, not to just you know speak her mind to. Right. She Yasna. ends up doing she, that though, right? She does in the end. And yeah. that's one of my favorite, favorite things is me too. Uh, I actually think I wrote in my notes. Love that part. Yeah. I, I love that. Uh, I th- no, hang on. Uh, yeah. Shalon says that time, uh, having spent so much time with, with sailors has loosened her tongue too much. Yes. I love um, that too. I think that's well, awesome. I, I love that. That was, yeah. uh, I'm very fond of that uh, of that line. So, so some of the some of the topics that uh, Yasna wants to um, see whether or not Shalon is educated in is music, languages, logic, history. So love yeah, love mm. love love that Yasna brought up music first. Yes, me too. I thought that was really cool, and she doesn't deem it she doesn't deem it as a female. Um, uh, depart or not department, but a female art or something, because she there's there's this kind of distinction between what men are allowed to learn and what men, women are uh, women are allowed to learn in this uh, in this foreign religion. Yeah, mm. no, for sure. So that was um, that was interesting that 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 Yasna began with music. Right. Of course, we find out that Shalon is just with voice. Mm-hmm. She says um, she plays uh, she plays the zither as well. The zither and pipes, yeah. Yeah, I wonder what the zither is. Do you think it's I, like some kind of like a lute or something? Or I think it's, I think it's the short form for zither zazzer zuz. I think it's, <laughs> From... it, it's more than likely a, a Dr. Seuss uh, <laughs> style styled uh, instrument. Uh, it's a giant hat. It's just like a yeah. <laughs> it's a oh, hat it, she plays it, as a bongo or something. Well, it's it, yeah, it's. 
<laughs> it's the tong the tong tinklers and whiz wankers oh there it is you know um, what the, those are my favorites zither, the zither um it, it sounded it sounded a little bit i mean you know i'm i mean i'm intrigued of course uh um but that was I what truth, first came to mind i truthfully think that we'll never see a zither ever played in this series that's what i think <laughs> but i think that's just the throwaway line but well, or, or or maybe or maybe it was a typo it, it could have been that she's that she plays the zipper uh, and she she plays it maybe she plays a, she plays a really mean zipper like she can like, she plays wow. it as well as a five-year-old trying to annoy their parents that's how well they she plays the, the, the zipper <laughs> zipper would you quit doing no, that i'm sorry we should we shouldn't be ma making so much fun of uh shalon's musical talents here no she's probably really good um <laughs> Yeah, so they get into languages. She can speak uh, Alethi, uh, Vaden, Azish, Thalen, and yep. uh, Soleil. Soleil, mm-hmm, got that. Um, what was the thing? Yeah, so when it so Shalon is is uh, on in terms of speaking about art and, mm -hmm. and, and visual arts, she says she's very proud to say that the glyph words that Shalon paints, <laughs> right, um, are are particularly good and yasna quickly dismisses them as superstitious nonsense right right so so i again i just i like how there's this this interplay between these two characters mm -hmm. where where yasna is you know maintaining you know that she's the heretic she doesn't believe in this stuff yeah and uh, even and, and even when yasna does give her a compliment when she says like when shalon says uh well you must have thought my writing was good enough when i wrote you that letter and uh, Yasna's like, yeah. uh, a valid point took you long enough to make it. It's like she, it up, she's giving yeah. her a backhanded compliment. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, I mean, I, I, so again, this was an establishment chapter. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I like I like that you know they're um, they're going through all these subjects and things, and then when it, I think when it, when it came to might have been history or maybe it was in logic or mathematics that Yasna starts rhyming off a lot of names. Yeah, yeah. I have, have the names here. Let me um let me read these to you here. So um yeah. she so Shalon says she studied um uh Tormas, Nashan, Niali the Just, and Nahadan. And then mm -hmm. Yasna starts countering with all these other names, saying, Well, what about these? Placini, uh Gabrathin, Eustara, Manalin. Siasic mm -hmm. Shauka daughter Hasweth. And, mm -hmm. and <laughs> Shalon's like completely overwhelmed with like, holy geez, look at all these names. Um, well, it's, it's I, I actually, sorry, I have a question for you. Do you think that any of these names are going to matter in the book? Like, do you, in the story, do you think I, any of these are these, these their throwaway names? I, at, the, at this point, I don't think that Brandon, Mr. Sanderson, throws a lot away. Okay. Um, now maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, he might be just dropping, um, you know, just trying to sort of contextualize the world, mm -hmm. and 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 just sort of give give it a richness. But I don't know. I mean, he uh, has been repeating and dropping hints on a lot of things so far. So perhaps some of those those uh, scholars or um, those names might come up again. I, I don't know. I, I really couldn't hazard a guess right now. I would right. say that he doesn't leave a ton on the editing floor or just like drops a name just for, for whimsy. Yeah. He seems very precise. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. I don't know. 
Um, so then she, uh, Yasna makes it plainly understood that like history is like the most important of yeah, the studies. Yeah, which of course Shalon says, uh, well, I'm uh, I'm not well versed in, in history at all, so. Lacking in history. Yeah, it's definitely lacking in Yasna's no, totally not, not having that. So that was, uh, yeah, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. So when they get to the cave in, they find out that, or at least Shalon finds out that the granddaughter is on the other side. And uh, Yasna has agreed to use her soul caster in exchange for, uh, we find out a little later, for access to the pa- Palaneum, which is like the great library in Carbranth. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about this? What, do you, what did you think about using the, the soul caster? Uh, about using the soul caster? Well, I, 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 loved, I loved the power. The power, again, was extraordinary. Um, you know, reaching inside of this giant rock, which weighs uh, 15,000 cavals in mass. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's blocking a room. Happened during the high storm. Um, it's a really intense moment. The king's uh, granddaughter is trapped, as well as a few other citizens or or nobles. Um, and yeah, it just it just you know completely transforms this <laughs> this giant piece of rock into smoke. Right. Um, the, Which is why they had the cloth the for rags, their... They had the rags yeah. for their faces, like, um, and soaked in, in, in water. Um, I thought it was a really, really cool demonstration of Yasna's uh, power, and her, mm-hmm. her abilities. Well, she, th- and, she says that um, she, she's... Wor- actually, at first, she's worried that um, the size of the rock, or the, this boulder... Uh, could damage the soul caster. She's like worried that it might uh, crack or damage one of the gemstones set into it mm-hmm. because it's such a huge um, uh, transformation that she's trying to make. Yeah, exactly. And I think she asks Shalon for the size of the, of the rock and Shalon's right. response was, well, hasn't this already been calculated um, by other engineers or architects, and it turns out it was. So you can get the answer quicker. So Yasna was pleased by that. Yeah, this uh, is a really great moment of Shalon using just her just common sense, right? I want to bring up one other thing that uh, that I think was mentioned just prior to this event, and that mm-hmm. is that an Alethi princess, which Yasna is, mm-hmm. could outrank. A Carbranthian king, right? Because technically, think, technically think, she couldn't, right? But right, technically she couldn't. But they mention it in 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 the chapter, and I think it's I think it's mentioned. Unless I'm wrong, again, it's about establishing Yasna's character. It seems like the king is consulting with Yasna. Mm-hmm. Like it, it seems like, even though Yasna may be of lower rank, so called. Um, it doesn't appear that way in her exchanges with Terra Vangian. Mm-hmm. I think there's twofold for that. One, because, probably because we've we've been told how small of a country Carbranth is, mm-hmm. and how big and vast and powerful the uh, Alethkar is. Alethkar. Mm-hmm. So there might be that power dynamic there, where he's kind of like paying homage to her because you know they're her. You know, her dad was the king of uh, the uh, of Alethkar, and Alethkar could pretty much crush Carbranth, right? So there's a little bit of that there, power play. Mm-hmm. Um, but it might be because Yasna is 
very intelligent and she's awesome very capable she's mm-hmm. uh she's fascinating um, we don't know exactly what their relationship is so we can't speculate as to why he defers to her but it could be any any either of those two reasons or any other reason as well the uh we find out a little bit about shallan's past a little bit tragic mm-hmm. her mother died when she was young father remarried mm-hmm. and shallan's stepmother also passed away recently right so that we find out in this chapter. Right. Um, and and, and Shalon was the 12th woman being considered for wardship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is uh, pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy. There is before we uh, before we go on to the, the soul casting, I um there is something that happens that I wanted I wanted to, to take note for you of is um um, just as Yasna is about to like plunge her hand into the boulder, um, yes. Shalon takes a memory of the scene to use later in her art. And yes. she did this. Mm-hmm. She did this last chapter too with Talb. She uh, was watching Talb do something while they were um, traveling through the city. I think she city. was dealing with the, the wagon uh, uh, driver or whatever. And she took a memory of him to draw later. Now, okay, took a memory. Does that mean that she has some kind of ability to recount? She, as far as we know, um, she's just looking at the scene and remembering the details so that she can paint it later. So right. I, for me, it tells me that she just really loves her art. Like her art is her passion because she's mm-hmm. constantly thinking about it. You know, she's looking at this moment where Yasna's walking up to this boulder and it's like this, to her, it's this perfect tableau to paint, right? Mm-hmm. So it just shows her kind of her character a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't quite pick up on that, but that's that's really really cool. Well, again, it's what makes Shalon such a great character is mm-hmm. the fact that she is so into her art. Like how how often have you ever read of or heard of um, like a a main character in a fantasy or any series who is an artist? You know what I mean? Like yeah. everyone is yeah. always writing really cool fighters or magic users or whatever. And this girl is legit just a scholar and an artist. And that's really cool. I, I love that. Yeah. And a sketch artist too. That's, uh, no, it's, it's, it's really great. It makes her, it makes her, I don't know. Well, it makes her romantic, I mm-hmm. guess, you know. So there's a moment here um, that we have to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, Yasna activates uh, activates the soul caster, and she puts her hand. Oh. And right before she puts her hand in the boulder, mm-hmm. Shalon hears a very odd sound. And um, uh, Brandon uh, writes that it's um, like a chorus of voices. Mm-hmm. And then the hand goes into the stone. The sound disappears, and then the stone turns into the smoke. So. For some reason, there's a sound that happens as it's being used that Shalon was able to listen to or hear or something. Mm-hmm. Another another mystery of soul mm-hmm. casting. Yes, I um, don't uh, I don't know what it means as a first time reader. I, I couldn't even very very interesting. So this is the line that uh, we had to make up for me to say something that I'm not allowed to say anything. Very interesting is the one I'm going to use. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so then they revisit the education a little bit, and Shalon is kind of upset that Yaz now won't consider the female. I'm doing that female in quotation arts is mm-hmm. important. And um, Yasna says, sorry, you wasted your time. I'm not going to accept you. No, that's right. But Shalon's not going to have that. And so she um, won't take no for an answer, which is, again, great. Shalon, awesome. Mm-hmm. You go, girl. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, no, I'm, this is not over. Um, and then that's when we find out right at the end that um, she says something like um, months ago when... Uh, her and her brothers came up with this plan. Um, at first, we think that they should, they are coming up. I think they say it earlier in the chapter. At mm-hmm. first, it seems to indicate that the plan is, the plan is to become Yasna's ward, and then hopefully that'll turn into, you know, help for her family or whatever. For her family, yeah. But what they're planning on doing, or what she's planning on doing, is to steal that soulcaster. Yes, that's right. She says that her dad had one. Yes, they found one um, mm-hmm. at uh, no longer um, anymore mm-hmm. in in his coat, in her father's right. coat. Right, and it's and, all broken. And yeah, and that's the reason why she's here. So it's so funny because we've got this artist, we've got this uh, this tenacious character. She's traveled for six months. She's traveling in de- in defense of her family, or in you know, like tr- trying to restore her family's uh, very existence. Um, she's hung out with pirates. She's well versed. She seems to be a <laughs> likable person. Yeah. And and then at the end of this chapter, and she plans to be a thief. Right. <laughs> which um, is completely out of character. Which is completely out of character. And and again, I, that, that that's the ace uh, that uh, Brandon, Mr. Sanderson, drops on this particular chapter. I loved it. It was great. Um, this was the the first dude, I think, that you texted me. I knew that you had gotten to that po- point whenever you wrote, dude. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah he, he just it. found out what Shalon's there to do. Yeah, that was the dude. So yeah. that was uh that was a very cool. So again, very very cool chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, highlight for me. Uh, yeah, was, highlight. Highlight for me was when uh, it mentioned um, that she felt that uh, time with sailors loosened her tongue. Right. Uh, so basically, I, I liked that Shalon stood up to Yasna and let mm-hmm. her tongue whip a little bit. Yeah. Um, I thought that was uh, that was the highlight for me. It just showing that even in the face of this, this woman that mm-hmm. she so desperately needs to be the ward of, or at least get close to for, and now we know why to steal this, this Fabril, this soul mm-hmm. caster. Um, and she's willing to, in some ways, you know, be herself and stand up for herself. Um, even amidst all that. So that's, uh, I think a great sort of shining moment for Shalon's character. What was yours? Yeah, that's cool. Mine was um, the, uh, it's a very simple moment, but we we talked about it already. Mine is the uh, moment when Yasna asks Shalon for the weight of the boulder and she gives her this really um, kind of logical and commonsensical answer, which is, well, shouldn't we ask the king? And then mm-hmm. Yasna says, you know, sometimes I, I forget as a scholar that um, there's no point in doing the work that's already been done, which is really right. cool. I, I, I liked that a lot. That was a cool moment. Oh, hang right, on. So now. chapter oh, no. six. Oh, 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 you have something else? No, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good to go on to chapter six. No, no. The heretic. Love it. I, I look forward to uh, 
hopefully getting to see more of Yasna. She's I find mm-hmm. she's a very fascinating, strong female character. So I'm really yeah really excited about that. Yeah, love her a lot. She's really great. Um, oh, so bridge, bridge four. four. Um, before we get to the actual like uh, chapter, Bye. there's an uh, there's an image there um before cha- uh, mm-hmm. before chapter six and it is mm-hmm. of the war camp that they get to app of sedias mm-hmm. the war camp scratched on a crumbling shell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i took note yeah, so of it's really cool things, curious things on that map which okay. i'll talk about later in our in our discussion of chapter six well first of all right off the bat I mean, I was fascinated by the map, so of course I spent some time there just having a look at the map. But Bridge 4, very different title from the rest of the chapters so far. Oh, have they been? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. So I, I thought Bridge 4, like, what's 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 that? Like, Right. Oh, I, right at first, yeah, because you don't know what it is, right? don't know what it is. So yeah. so it, it just was a very different title. And, and for me, this was a very... Uh, interesting chapter. It was a really, really good chapter. It was a um a high octane turning. Yeah, you you texted me uh, earlier today when you finished it, and you said, um, "I feel exhausted after reading it, like I was carrying the bridge with him," mm-hmm. which is probably the best compliment you can give to this chapter because I think it's oh, supposed to wear you down. I totally felt the weight of this of this bridge. It was it was a great chapter. So again, back to Kaladin for this thing. Well, did mm-hmm. you want to do a, a recap of this chapter? Yeah, let's let's do a quick recap here. Uh, so um, Kaladin gets sold again. Um, they told us before that he's gotten sold many many times, but uh, Tavlakov finally gets to sell him. Um, he Kaladin is still kind of filled with hope. He's hoping to become a soldier. Um, he you know in the last chapter he said that you know we could. Um, still find some hope with a spear in his hand. But unfortunately, he is forced to join a bridge crew uh, where he finds a new kind of hell. Hmm. Bridge four. Mm-hmm. So when he first gets there, he's like super unimpressed with the state of the, the, of the war camp. Yeah. I wrote he's like that looking down. around and he's like, this is really like mismanaged and everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like the, this 19 year old has got his nose upraised at this like professional yeah. war camp. Well, the, 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 the soldiers look disorderly, uh, undisciplined. They're jeering at slaves. They just didn't impress Kaladin at all. So again, kind of ironic, you know, he was look, so looking forward to getting to the shattered planes and being involved in, in this. And then when he gets there, you see the caliber that he had under Amaram. Right. It's a little disappointing, right? That's uh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. I we thought f- that was I thought I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm, me too. Um, but it, so but he thinks he still he still maintains his hope because because right after that he, he his thought is his uh, you know if 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 I have a, a spear in my hand an enemy to face i can i can live with that right which i think really just may, means that this guy kaladin really loves fighting he just loves battle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's like your prototypical warrior right now like he he clearly has some other stuff going on 
Um, he seems to have some kind of like um, medical training because he knows a lot about like herbs and like, you know, being mm-hmm. able to like patch people up. But he's he's yeah. a he this guy's a fighter, man. In D&D terms, this guy's a straight up fighter. Oh, yeah, he's an he, might, he, he might have some ranks or he might have a proficiency in medicine, but he but this guy's a fighter. <laughs> the sore on that lady's lip. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Hashal is her name. Brightness. Hashal. Um, again, another, uh, another beautifully described female character. Mm-hmm. Um, Paladin, when he first meets her, wants to spit in her face. Right. Um, I don't blame him. No, I don't blame him either, but <laughs> the snooty bitch. <laughs> if he, if he could die on the battlefield, he says it's better than emptying chamber bots. Right. Right. So, he notices that he's like more muscular than any of the other slaves. That he's like in better shape than them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she notices that too. Mm-hmm. When uh, so, and I think it's uh, is it Tavlakiv or is it Gaz that um, sells him out basically because he's it's, trying it's, to. It's Tavlakov because he hasn't met Gaz yet. Uh, yeah, he's he's trying to uh, hide from um, brightness Hashal that, right. he, that he's a deserter. Right. Yeah, this is a kind of an important part, right? Like we, um, um, he, he lies to her about, mm-hmm. um, like he lies to her about how he ended up there with the but, brand, yeah. right? About the brand because he says to her, like, you know, I went to a bar and I got drunk and I got and got into a fight and I beat the guy up too much and I killed him or whatever. But then that's clearly a lie, and he says in his inner monologue that's a lie, but mm-hmm. we don't get the truth yet, so we still don't know. Mm-hmm. but to, yeah, seemed, to block of uh um sorry go ahead it seems very counter to paladin's character that he would actually be a deserter right and according to kaladin's uh uh testimony in chapter four um he was betrayed by amaram mm-hmm it's hard it's hard to believe that he actually is a deserter it seems more likely that that's the story that amaram branded on him right so yeah so but yeah to, that was uh, frustrating so to block of spoils kaladin's chances of becoming a soldier and um now yeah. cal really r- regrets ripping up that map <laughs> yes that's right yeah, that's funny. Um, meeting meeting Gaz. Gaz is a pretty interesting character. Um, this uh, so I, I, I guess uh, so. He's a sergeant, right? Of this Gaz bridge crew, right? Of the bridge crew, and I think was it Brightness Hashal's decision that Kaladin go with uh, Gaz to bridge. I, I don't know exactly where he was supposed to go. He just got put there. And then mm-hmm. the, the soldier that brought him there uh, said, um, uh, the, the brightness wants you to do something special with him. So he, if he had brought him to the bridge 10 or bridge seven or any of the other bridges, he would have said that same thing to mm-hmm. the, their squad, that uh, bridge leader. But mm-hmm. he just ended up in this one. Mm. I love the fact that Gaz's face is so scarred. 
Yeah, he he's got a, he's patches and he's missing yeah, an eye. But and no then, patch. But no patch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no patch. Yeah. Um, um, but what what I love next to is the way is the the, the windspread. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she upon seeing Gaz, this one eyed, you know, scruffy looking nerve herder, um, mm-hmm. upon seeing him, she immediately imitates him by closing an eye and basically like almost like yeah. poking yeah, yeah. fun of him, and it's making yeah. Kaladin smile. So yeah. again, Which again, is the wrong thing to do. Thing to do at, at that moment, right? Because yeah. uh, Gaz is like he, t- he takes the smiling for insolence, and and of yeah. course uh, puts him at the back of the bridge carrying. Which of course, right. well, he Kaladin's already coming off like he's some kind of like privileged person because he says, you know, I was in Lord Amram's army and I'm a soldier. Like, do do something better with me, kind of thing. And Gaz is like, oh, your lordship. So, yeah, yeah. He keeps calling. Yeah, mocking him. Yeah. Yeah. But again, that that, that windsprint, I'm telling you, I just love her. It's awesome. Again, that just that little bit of levity, and she's making fun of this guy. I just yeah. so visual for me. I just I love I love I, that. So I like much. how she uh, she goes from being like a ribbon of like light and air to being like an actual fully formed woman, like a tiny version of fully formed woman. It's very like you said before. It's like uh, Tinkerbell, and it totally is like Tinkerbell. It is like Tinkerbell, but with a an actual voice. You know, like yeah. instead of sort of nodding and right moving. Well, at least I'm referring to the Disney cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I love I love that that little bit. Um, uh, interesting that the bridge leader for Bridge Four was dead, mm. and, and I'm just going to bring this up. Um, tossed so bridge for his previous bridge leader tossed himself into the honor chasm hmm. so what's that mm, i wonder well i'm i don't know if that'll come up again but i was intrigued by i put a little star very interesting the honor <laughs> very interesting so I, I i look forward to brandon mr sanderson mr. Look forward sanderson. to hearing about uh, the honor chasm i'm very intrigued by that yeah um yeah so he's at the back of the bridge uh he can't see shit he yeah, doesn't have shoes back, oh my gosh the the way that that was written was just great Did yeah. the weight of that bridge describing the man struggling and describing Kaladin not having the right equipment he doesn't have a vest he doesn't have sandals he doesn't have yeah. pads for his shoulders the yeah. bridge is digging into him yeah. Um, and they have to pick it up multiple times and 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 place it down over top of several um uh um what would you call them uh, can or canyons or these the these chasms yeah chasms these these abysses yeah. that uh, exist in the shattered plains and of right. course they lay down a bridge and then an army goes across it and right. then they, and they pick it up and it's on to the next one so um before they uh, even before they even put down the bridge the first time they've been running for over an hour mm-hmm. which is crazy crazy it's yeah. just such a really intense um scene yeah there's a scene um, here that we should talk about before we get too far into this uh this run yeah. uh where the very first time they'd lay down the uh, the bridge um the army goes across mm-hmm. cal is like 
tired as hell. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to lay down. He doesn't want to collapse because he knows it's not good for him. So he starts massaging his legs. Massaging his muscles, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, like, I think, uh, is it Gaz that takes a look at him and goes, like, what the hell is he doing? Like, Yeah. yeah, yeah almost like, down, like It's almost like he's being insolent, right? It's almost like doubles down on this, like, privilege thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but as the army goes across, there is a um, large person, a large light eyes that comes across with shard plate. Yeah, red shard mm-hmm. plate. Yeah, and I, Cal- love, I, love, I, I, I love the way that 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 that, uh, that Brandon, Mister Sanderson, described the shard plate as being ornate, alien, mm-hmm. and crafted in another epoch. Yeah. A time when gods walked Roshar. I really, I thought long on crafted in in another epoch. Just that, mm-hmm. just that something that you could see visually was just so, so stunning. Or um, it's almost like you're looking at you know the Ark of the Covenant go by yeah. or something like that. It's just like it's this historic piece of of you know mysticism or metaphysical. Um, magic or just a historical representation of a, just another it's, another time. It's a weird mix of two things, right? It's like this, um, like we, he's, you're right. It's like almost like this artifact from a long gone time, but they've also explained that it's like this technology that can't be re- reproduced anymore. Like they, mm-hmm. I think in the, in the, I think in the Zeth chapter, he says like, they can't even make this stuff anymore. Like it's so precise and like, so yeah. it's like, it's like this long forgotten technology that is actually more advanced than what they have now. Amazing. Great, yeah. great moment. And after that, my next note is I have another spren to report. Yes. Uh, but before you get that, the, um, Kalanen, uh, wonders out loud as this guy is walking by. If it's the king, and then there's the helpful old man, this guy that kind of has been on this journey with him, says mm-hmm. that um, it's, it's not the king, but if it was the king, you'd be lucky because that means you'd be in High Lord Dalinar, Colin's army. And he's mm-hmm. said to be the best of men. But you, unfortunately, you're not in his army. <laughs> so, <Right>. so you're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> That's funny. Right. But uh, yeah, you're right. Um, Sorry, anticipation so, spread. Yes, anticipation spread. There you go. So that's part of the spread. Yeah. Red streamers uh, coming from the ground, waving in the wind. Yeah. Wow. Um, just such an unusual, uh, con- uh, uh, you know, creative um, element to this to this world. And I, I, I think the spread are great. Yeah. Yeah. They're, that, yeah they're, it's spren, awesome. Spread fan. You're a spread head. Spread head. Yeah. Um, so, so when when Kaladin gets a good look, what what they're facing when when they finally get close, right? So, when they yeah, so they they do like this whole like uh, run, drop the bridge, the army goes across, they pick up the bridge, run in front of the army, they do this like twelve times. He says, right? So it's just like like tedious and exhausting, and like that it just feels like it's well, never going to end. And that's how I felt reading that this this chapter was you know that that was such a page turning you know, experience and i literally felt tired yeah you know thinking about the weight of this bridge and i just thought wow again like this is just such a visual um experience i just you know just loved and then of course when 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 they switch and then right. you find out and find out oh that's why 
Um, that's why Gaz put yeah. Caledon at the back because they they switch around, mm-hmm. and he goes to the front, and the front yeah. conveniently <laughs> because again, again Caledon is sizing up the enemy, and when he sizes these Parshendi up, he sees again. I love the Parshendi marbled crimson red uh, and black skin. So cool, eh? So cool to in, uh, imagine rusty orange armor. And he describes him as being muscular and solid. But yeah. Short bows at the ready. Short bows right. that fire straight and quick and strong take out the bridgeman at, at the front. Yeah. I love I, I love when Cal sorry, when Cal gets there to the front, he's all like, hey, this is all right. The view's kind of nice here. I can finally see where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> What a nice silver lining that is to death. And, and I think he was already he was already warned when he first picked up the bridge that arriving is the worst part, and then he sees why. Right, arriving is the worst part, and and now now he gets it. Right, um, that he's probably he's probably facing his death. Right, he and then, he... And then they describe after the volleys start coming. Oh, Sean, this was so great. The bridgemen start start falling off getting picked off by arrows and getting trampled mm-hmm. by the bridgemen. By, by their <laughs> own, yeah, by, by their, their own bridgemen, yeah. Oh, like, and, and, then, and then, of course, the way that they describe it, too, as more men died during the bridge, the bridge gets heavier. Yeah. Oh, again, like... The like, way, on the top of that, of, right? Like, on top of the yeah, death, there's this, like... It, oh. It's so almost like that, there's this like metaphor here where the, the the people who survive are literally feeling the weight of their compatriots' death. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. just crazy. It's crazy, and and of course the shattered planes. This is this is Brandon, Mister Sanderson, really going for the geography here and the landscape. Mm. The landscape is shattered. They can't use wheels. Right. So yeah, because there's like rock buds and all this stuff all around. Like a lot of the flora and fauna that we've kind of already talked about, it's all over the place. Yeah. So, so the, these bridgemen are an integral part of war, of, of combat on the Shattered Plains. Right. So, you know, like the, the, the regular army can't fight these, can't win these battles without mm-hmm. the bridgemen. He, um, uh, we get so. earlier in that conversation with the, um, the helpful old man, um, whenever we see, um, the, uh, shard bear across the bridge and, um, uh, the old man mentions, you know, if we were, if that was the King, we'd be in Dalinar Colin's army. Uh, um, yeah. and he says, um, but he doesn't use bridge crews like this. So, mm. um, so, uh, these kinds of bridge crews are not all, they're not used by everyone. Uh, or at least not by Dalinar Colin. Um, so yeah, we get, we get there and people die everywhere, and then Cal, you know Cal finally collapses, and even in exhaustion, he keeps thinking to try to help people, especially the old man that helped him. But yes, he just, so he just I, cannot. I, I I put a I put a star uh, beside that note as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because I thought it was great that Kaladin, even you know, facing complete and utter exhaustion, getting this bridge into place, um, finally to confront this uh, this enemy, and his first thought after the bridge is in place, I wonder if that leathery-faced man who was so nice to me is still alive. 
and he's actually yeah. talking about going back and finding him and bandaging him, but then yeah. he collapses. Then he collapses un- unconscious. Yeah, he just can't. Right? He just cannot just do it anymore. Yeah, he's yeah. got nothing left. We don't even know how long, um, how long they were doing it for. When when we found out that it had been an hour before they put their first bridge down, the old man mm-hmm. says something like. Um, where I think I wrote it down here. They're not even close to being done yet, is what he says. I don't know if those are the exact words, but he implies that that run, that hour run they did from the camps to this first put down of the bridge was nothing. It was like literally nothing. And that was, this was the easy part. Yeah. I so know. we don't know how long they've been at it. They could have been at it for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, exactly. No, it's incredibly well, and of course, the chapter ends on an absolutely amazing note for me, uh, because uh, after this unconscious state, uh, Kaladin wakes up having been slapped, right, by Silfrina. Mm-hmm. We get to know the Windsprin's name. She's shocked that she has a name. She's shocked that she I has know. a name, and that she's shocked that she's like, I even have a nickname. I even. <laughs> Again, again, this I'm telling you, this windspread, this Sophrina, I love, well, I love it. Um, yeah. She asks Callan, "Why do I have a name?" He's like, "How should I know?" Like, <laughs> I, I love, I love the interplay between these two characters. There she is, you know, closing one of her eyes, imitating yeah. Gaz, making fun. Um, you know, she's she's just a delight. I really, really, really hope there's more from her throughout this yeah. uh, Stormlight series because. Uh, Wow, I just I think she's just great. Yeah. Um she's then of course um, it ends she's very it playful ends. and fun. Yeah, and then uh, the in, in the last note I have about this chapter Sean is, you know, he he was wrong to think that that there was nothing worse mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that could happen to him and then he's his final conclusion is no there's there's one more torment to add onto this list and that's bridge 4. Right. It's so cool, man. It's such a cool, well-written. Because earlier (laughs) in the chapter, he says, like, there's literally nothing left they can do to me. And he's like, oh, yeah, right. I was was wrong. I was wrong, Bridge 4. Again, and again, I come back to that. It's an unusual title compared to the other titles so far. And this was a title that you had to figure out. Right. Whereas, whereas like, a title like Heretic or... Uh, I don't know if I have my notes for the yeah, city chapters. of bells and city of bells is yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty descriptive. shattered plains. Yeah. They're like, they're all exactly. pretty. Yeah. Self-explanatory. But, 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 but bridge, when you say bridge four, okay, that's a, that's something you, you have to figure out. Right. You have to, you have to, you know, so that I think is uh, what makes this a, you know, a, a great chapter. There's one, there's one last thing that happens near the end here. It happens kind of in between of the, um, uh, of Syl. Uh, we can finally oh. refer to her as Syl now, because you oh, know the name. Syl. Um, before Syl, I have a nickname. Um, <laughs> before, um, um, before, uh, right around the time where she uh, slaps him and stuff and wakes him up, um, she's like saying, you know, like they're going to leave you behind. And he like kind of looks around and like the, the men are being like the other bridge men are that are dead are being looted for their stuff for their like, you know, yes. um, uh, vests and shoes. And he says, you know what? Um, Gaz didn't give me anything before and he's probably not going to give me anything. So I better go grab some stuff. So he actually yeah. does some looting. Yes. He gets himself some shoes and some a vest mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and then he looks over at the army across the, cha- the chasm and they're doing something. They're like breaking open something like a large chrysalis or some kind of shell. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it, it uh, described as what, like a large rock bud or something like that? Yeah, like something like a large rock bud or like um, uh, Cal says, it looks like a chrysalis or some kind of shell. So anyways, that's just a little little something something in there. Um, so is, is that something that we know from this chapter that Alethi army was trying to acquire? We don't. We know nothing about this other than this one little line at the end here. Okay. Okay. So another mm. another little plant. So what's your uh, what's your highlight for this chapter? Oh, jeez. Um, highlight. Mm. The highlight. Bridge four. It was bridge four? Well, just, just the bridge, mm-hmm. the weight. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, a very, I mean, of course I would say Sil, Silfrina and her yeah. little, uh, like, I mean, her, her winking and imitating Gaz. I mean, come on. That's, that's yeah. my favorite thing. That's probably my, it's, it's that's, probably, cool. that's probably my, my favorite thing in the chapter. But if I had to pick like, what's the highlight, it's, yeah. it's, it's the bridge. It's the weight of right. It's the weight of the job that needs to be done. Yeah, it's um, there's it's a huge metaphor for this chapter. Yeah, yeah, I really, uh, yeah, th- th- this chapter. I mean, heretic, heretic was great. I really liked uh, you know meeting mm-hmm. Yasna and and that interplay between those two characters was great. But this mm-hmm. chapter obviously was uh, uh, a bit more up my up my alley. Yeah, and it's it's a challenge too, right? Like you, it's were the reader being challenged to get through it too, right? It's it's tough to read these kinds of things. Um, mm-hmm. I read, uh, you know, I read a lot of um, of uh, the Dresden Files, mm-hmm. and, um, and typically in those novels, um, the main character is going through um, this case that takes place over the course of like you know a couple of days. Sometimes the character doesn't sleep, and he's hungry, and he's beaten up from fight after fight. By the time you get to the end of the book, dude, you're exhausted. Like, you feel exhausted. And that's how we feel um, after this chapter. So even though I want to say for my highlight, I want to say that um, it's probably... I'd like to say that it's like Kaladin even being exhausted, wanting to help people. I have to agree with you. It is the bridge. It is this this metaphor, this, like this imagery that he's created of this really weight, like this heavy thing on their, sh- literally on their shoulders that they are carrying. Mm. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. I'm really, um, yeah, this was a great uh, cu- couple of chapters to do. So really looking forward mm. to, uh, to the next two. Which well, I have a couple of, uh, I have a, I have a little bit of info dump uh, stuff that I want to talk about here. Just a quick, yeah, a little bit of uh, just some stuff that we might have overlooked here uh, while we we're uh, going through it. Um, mm-hmm. First off, uh, the uh, storm father is used as a curse. Yes. So I think it's uh, Shalon that says, "Ah, oh, storm father," and she's using it almost like a curse, mm-hmm. which Similar. is uh, which is interesting. Well, it's sort of similar. I mean, it's not too dissimilar from, uh, you know, in our in our culture, we hear someone say, you know. Um, they might say Jesus Christ, or they, you know, they right. might say something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, it, it it is interesting that uh, that that's said quite and quite often too, right? Uh, throughout the series, so mm. so that's it's just uh, a 
something to point out. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. They um, in uh, the Heretic uh, chapter they refer to Yasna as brightness. That's like her title, mm-hmm. and this is the female equivalent for Bright Lord. We've heard that before, Bright Lord. Bright Lord. Um, this is the f- one of the first times we hear brightness. Um, well, we heard, we heard uh, brightness. I think we heard for the first time describing Shalon. Oh yeah, that's right. The sailors refer to her as brightness because of sailors, her eye color. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. I don't know if we ever really talked about it as it being a title, um, but it is used in and Vorin and um, Alethi, uh, like in the uh, Alethkar um, nation, as a way to describe a women of um, high standing and light-eyed mm-hmm. color. Because someone who is of um, dark-eyed would never be called brightness because their eyes don't have that brightness to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No matter how high of um, in society those dark-eyed ladies are, they, they would never be called brightness. Mm. Um, so the other thing I have here is a little bit of um, a breakdown of the gemstone stuff again. We get a little bit more information about gemstones. Yeah, I wrote so, that we have garnets which um are said to be the least uh valuable of the gemstones um in the actual garnets comprised that beautiful chandelier that was described i believe there were you know so many of these garnets and and uh, shalon was so impressed uh, to see it when she was meeting yasna The um the soulcaster had um a ruby, a diamond, and a smokestone. Mm-hmm. And a smokestone is described as pure glassy black. Mm-hmm. Um and I think we get the description of the smokestone, where uh, whereas we don't get the description of the ruby and the diamond, because we kind of as a as people, just as people reading these books, we know what a ruby and a diamond look like. Right. But a smokestone seems to be unique to this world, so he has to kind of describe it. Right. Um, they talk about um, spheres as if spheres is a denomination. So we got chips, marks before, right? So chips, five chips make a mark. So we mm-hmm. got chips, we got marks. Now we get spheres. Spheres is another denomination. And then in chapter six, we get... Uh, that Tavlakov is trying to sell these slaves for two emerald Brahms each. So Brahms is another denomination. So I think this is the, uh, I'm like, I'm just learning this stuff now, right now. I've read these books many times and I've never really had to pay attention to that stuff. I've never really like tried to break it down. But now that we're doing this, we might as well try to break it down. And uh, um, Brahms seems to be another denomination. So it seems mm-hmm. like chips are the smallest, then they're marks, then there's spheres, and then there's Brahms. So I think this indicates the size of the actual gemstone. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's amazing to me that uh, that uh, that Brandon, Mr. Sanderson, is you know going to that extent, you know, to um, to develop um, rather sophisticated, you know, currency. Right. Um, so that's 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 really really cool. But he's not giving it to us like in like a uh, detailed manner. He's doing these throwaway lines and all these different chapters, and eventually maybe we'll learn the the, the, the currency. But right. but, but there's that's, no. That's a great way to do it. I, yeah. I, I think it's, I think that's great. Yeah, because it just comes naturally in the conversation and in the writing, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, he does say though that um, gemstones that are cut, and I put cut in like uh, yeah, quotations here, can hold more stormlight. Hold more stormlight because of them being multifaceted. Yeah. So I don't. Uh, do you understand this? Do you understand uh, the idea of gems and how they're cut and everything? Like I don't get how this would. I I, I don't I don't really know uh, uh, too too much about about that per se, but I I, I believe that a. Uh, a valuable gemstone that is cut with uh, many multiple uh, uh, edges or or sides um, uh, is more valuable typically. Right. So then maybe um, that it can t- maybe because of these like these cuttings like these uh, like a, a sharper edges on the rock um, they can actually suck in more stormlight. Whereas if it was just like a raw stone, like a raw gemstone that was like crude, maybe it. Maybe the stormlight doesn't get sucked in as much. Is that what we're? Well, well, I, I think maybe what I would infer from that is that uh, a gemstone that has m- many sides um, mm-hmm. is going to reflect more light. Okay, so then so it's going to appear, yeah, okay. it's going to appear brighter. Okay, so maybe that's um, what it is. Maybe that's what it is because stormlight is something is is the the fuel or the ener- you know the energy that's. Uh, mm. Um fueling these uh, these stones let's say um yeah that that's, that's a better probably, thought than i have so that's that's what we'll go with for now is. until we know different but <laughs> very cool uh, um so let's talk about the soul caster soul caster a little bit here so like you mentioned earlier it is referred to as a, fa- a fabriel mm. and um it says nine out of ten fabrials um like the soul caster can do simple tasks like create water or um a grain from stone so they can actually literally create grain to eat from stone because they're right. changing it from um like from like they're using this like transmutation i guess to turn it from stone to grain um mm. or they can make buildings like stone buildings yeah. out of air or out of cloth yeah so they'll like hang up like a tent and they just turn it into like a stone structure which is crazy Oh, they cool. also say and, that and, and um, those are the structures that that Kaladin pointed out of, upon right. the the encampment. Uh, right when we get to the shattered plains. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he says that's when we first remember we we talked about earlier about how uh, Shalon mentions the Soulcaster, doesn't really say anything about it, and then he bemuses in his chapter next that these structures must have been made with the Soulcaster. So we get a little bit extra information about it, and then we get kind of like more of an info dump in the uh, the Heretic chapter. Um, they do say though that um, greater Soulcasters, greater Fabrials like the Soulcaster, can turn any substance into any other substance. Mm-hmm. So it has a wider array, array of of uh, utility. And this this would be the transformation that Yasna used, right? So she turned this this boulder into smoke, right? Which is just awesome. Yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty great. Yeah, um, a couple more, then, uh, just a couple more little notes here. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, the uh, I was just just on that note, uh, I um, I wrote down that uh, uh, that it, that it it bothered or that um, Shalon believed that it must bother. Um, the the powers that be that Yasna has such a powerful fabril, powerful right. soul caster, and she lies outside of the Ardentia, and she's a heretic. Right. So that must really bother a lot of interested yeah, parties. Yeah, that actually goes with my next point. The we we get the word again. We haven't really talked about this yet. We get the word ardents, and mm. the ardents are like religious scholars slash priests. 
for this Voren religion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they're like the they they're the ones who would be um, pissed at Yasna for using this like holy relic, right? Yeah, very very cool. We get a description of uh, Sadius's banner. It is a um, yellow glyph on a field of green, and the glyph is a tower and a hammer. So when we get to that, uh, the, the, uh, Kaladin gets to that war camp. This is the banner that he sees. That's the banner. Mm-hmm. I'm still rooting for the creamsicles, personally. I I think that the creamsicles are going to take over the world. Um, <laughs> um, the bridge itself is 30 feet long and eight feet wide. Um, Kaladin seems to think that they used some pretty light wood to make it, but it's still heavy as fuck. It's still super heavy. <laughs> Again, the weight of that thing. Jeez, I mean, that's just, it's just nuts. Yeah. And then we get, like you said, we get to anticipation spren and we get fear spren in the, mm-hmm. uh, the chapter. Popping up. Yep. Yeah. So there's a couple of little sprinty dudes, sprinty doodles uh, flying around. And my, and my girl, Safrina. Yeah. And Safrina, Sil. Yeah. That's awesome. I have a nickname. I have a nickname. And then um, the last thing I have here is um, one of the dying bridgemen say they cries out to Tanel Alatalin again, the same name that we got before, and calls him the bearer of all agonies, like using it almost like a curse. Like a God, why have you forsaken me type curse? But he mm-hmm. says the um I'm having a hard time saying the name, but Tanel Alatalin. Mm-hmm. The bearer of all agonies. So it's just a a little world building again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm as a first time reader, I wasn't sure what to make of that. Um, so maybe there'll be more in other chapters. Well, that, we keep that, seeing maybe. we keep seeing names that are kind of the same over and over again. Like we've seen this name before in past chapters, or name or a, or a name that is close enough to look like it. So I'll just leave right. it at that. Um, so yeah, that's the end of my little info dump. Um, info dump. You got any? Uh, you got any last the uh, last thoughts on these two chapters? Oh, last thoughts. No, I think I think we've covered it. Um, yeah, I love. I love two chapters. I love Yasna. I think she's just you know great. Can't uh, can't wait to see what what the exchange is going to continue being like uh, or, uh, between her and Shalon. So really excited about that, and super excited about uh, about Kaladin going forward. I mean. Uh, he's proven himself in Bridge Four. He's he's mm-hmm. the only one who survived on the front mm-hmm. bridge. So, um, yeah, just uh, super looking forward to the next few chapters. Yeah, the next two chapters and, are and, chapter and seven and sorry, go ahead. And getting to the end of part one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, hey, we're the, getting, uh, we're, getting, we're getting pretty close. Um, the next uh, episode that we'll record, we'll do. Uh, chapters seven and eight both of them are shalon chapters Mm -hmm. and then we have three small chapters which are nine ten and eleven and that'll be the end of book one um so yeah um so we'll do that'll be two more episodes and then we'll be done the the end of uh, part one which is really cool we're getting close 
<laughs> Looking forward to it. The, the book is huge, but I mean, it's it's nice that he splits them up into like these little books or these little parts, so that this way it kind of there's these little themes that go throughout. You'll see, it's pretty cool. All right, cool. Well, uh, if uh, anybody's uh, um, interested in uh, supporting the show, you can go to uh, Patreon.com/slash Heroes of. If you want to chat with Jack or I. Um, or reach out and talk about the show or even just the books. Um, you can reach us at Heroes of One on Twitter, or um, you can uh, reach us on Instagram at Heroes of Hakathra. Please do not try to spoil anything for us. Uh, if you are listening along, um, um, I will make sure that I uh, don't uh, spoil anything for Jack through those <laughs> messages. Um, but uh, thanks for listening and uh, thanks for the chat again, Jack. You're, you're very, thanks for the invite. Yeah. Till next time. The Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by Jack, Jay, Phil, Mike, and Sean. The Heroes of Hakathra. <laughs>